This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Bonjour et bienvenue à la cricket show du monde, le premier cricket show du monde. Je m'appelle Adam Bayfield et je suis your host for all of tonight's wacky shenanigans. And with me, Don... <laughs> if you're going to interrupt me today, it's going to be a well, long night. No, you didn't bother to translate that bit, though. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, wacky shenanigans I was finding quite difficult to uh, translate. Les shenanigans so. wacky. <laughs> <laughs> les shenanigans wacky, indeed. Uh, with me, Don's La Studio this week, safely returned from La Belle France and La Belle Portugal as well. It's the <laughs> Grand Monsieur himself, Tony Kerr. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. Yeah, back. Le back. I don't know what back is in French. <laughs> je suis le back. Je suis, yeah, je suis, je suis travaillé. Something. <laughs> dans le jardin. Yeah, dans le jardin. Uh, yeah, welcome back to me. <laughs> How are you doing? Just welcoming yourself it's back. Because you're still here. You haven't <laughs> off since I went away. You're <laughs> already swearing. Yes, so, please. Tony's back. Here we go. Hold on to your hats, folks. Wearing the tone. It's going to be a... A crazy night. So, uh, did you have a good holiday then, Tone? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, Paris and Porto, very nice. Very nice double bill. Nice combination. If listeners were to ever find themselves in Paris, where should they go, Tone? Perhaps you, should, perhaps you could give us some Tony tips here. Uh, I've never been to Paris myself. Where, where should they go? The Eiffel Tower? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's up there, I guess. Uh, what did we do? We went to the Louvre. That was all right. Uh, I think it's really annoying. Like the <laughs> it's Louvre. like reading Lonely Planet. Well, it? Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's a very. It's, this is an authentic guide, though. <laughs> yeah, the Louvre's all right. It's so busy, though. It's too many people. Uh, and the epidemic of people taking photos of everything is kind of most concentrated and most offensive in somewhere like the Louvre. But with just, their iPhones. And... Everything. Cameras. But people just walking around taking their own photo of every single painting exhibit. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> like, get out. Get a life. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. If you want a picture like that, just go on Google <sighs> Images. Like, <sighs> it's Surely the point is to kind of look at it with your eyes. Irritating, yeah. So uh, I do have a certain sympathy with it, though, because no, uh, no, no, not so much in art galleries or anything. But I think, like, if I if I ever go to like an amazing natural wonder, like when I went to the Grand Canyon, I just took so many pictures of that in full knowledge that they wouldn't come out anything like as well as you know seeing it with your eyes. But I just didn't know what else to do. You sort of feel like you have to do something. Well, that's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is sad. That's, just do, just take it in, suck it in. It's partly a generational thing. It's partly, you know, this is the society we live in. But yeah, I just I feel well, like I have yeah. to do something with it. I imagine like back in the day, you know, when kind of the cameras were, became a reasonable size, a reasonable cost, and just a few people had them, they probably took bucket loads of photos. It's just that now everyone has got a camera on their person. But it is excruciating to be around for me. I can't bear it. <laughs> uh, 
I'm just sickening. Just imagining, you know, you're there in the Louvre, everyone kind of walking around, going, "Oh, this is amazing! This is really kind of uh, interesting place. Some great paintings here, real kind of historic paintings." And you're just walking around, going, "For God's sake, stop it!" <laughs> they know you. Well, you'd be right. No one's doing that though. They're just they're going. They're kind of just peering through the viewfinder at everything taking photos of things that don't yeah it's never going to look anything like the object on a oh, and God's you can sake. And you can, you can find all of it on, <laughs> you can find all of it on bing as well so bing yeah or alta vista lycos yeah it's all, all those well yes yeah, so that was that was all right i mean the mona lisa is nothing to write home about is it if you if you haven't seen that uh it's basically tiny uh and has to be viewed from the middle of a scrum, effectively, from about 15 paces, and it's behind a Perspex sheet. So it's like looking at a bus stop timetable, you know, from the back of the queue. <laughs> it's ridiculous and so underwhelming. <laughs> I love that this is Tony's review of Paris. Mona Lisa, don't bother. But, no, there's, I mean, the large format, kind of 19th century uh, Italian paintings are amazing. Incredible, some of the stuff in there. So that was good. Did you take lots of photos of those? I didn't take any photos. <laughs> I don't know why I took photos. But... Did you take any selfies in front of them? No, I was tempted. I was just sorely tempted. But other than that, I went to Roland Garros, which was cool. Uh, I think I told you about that, maybe, from the airport. I can't really remember what I said. Yeah, you were I was quite tired when you spoke stupor. to me last week, weren't you? Uh, but then you went to Porto. So this year, Tony, you went to... Paris, Porto, Prague. Where next? Pittsburgh, Perth. It's a great gag, that isn't yeah, it? Isn't it? Peterborough, <laughs> I think is probably the next one. Peterborough, yeah. Porto's beautiful. Yeah, I should like, go sometime. I'd like to go to Porto. I don't know why I didn't really. But, um, <laughs> apologies if I sound uh, a little bit husky tonight. I'm struggling with what I can only describe as hay fever, a hay fever-related cold. Um, so I, I don't know whether it, it sounds like it to you, but in my head, my voice sounds a bit weird. Just sounds like the same old weird voice to me. Okay. I, mean. I, I think it sounds a little bit more like talk radio, though. I'm thinking of changing the name of the show to Late Night with Adam and Tony. How would you feel about that? Late Night Cricket. Um, anyway, what's coming up on the show today? Cricket is the answer to that. We've got a huge preview of the Champions Trophy. <laughs> Probably bigger than the tournament deserves, <laughs> I'm imagining. It kicks off in just a couple of days' time. Uh, so we'll be talking you through all the teams and all the key stories in the build-up. Uh, hopefully we'll have time for a couple of side notes as well. But I just want to start off with a little bit of housekeeping concerning the World Cricket Show theme song, uh, which I don't know if you've noticed, Tony, but it's pretty much the only thing we get correspondence about these days. Yeah, I'm thinking you should start just leaving it in full at the start and end, and maybe just playing it in the middle as well. To be honest, I think most listeners would support that idea because it does seem like it's the only reason people listen to the show uh we get multiple emails and tweets a week along the lines of all right lads uh what's the song that you uh play at the end of the show like they don't mention the podcast at all don't say no i really enjoy the show it's like all right what is the song that you use oh, that's an important question but yeah as you say it's uh it's become available hasn't it you've turned us into a modern day napster uh because it's, it's just file sharing Without the permission of the band, uh, you <laughs> neglected to actually ask any of them. So, you know, if it becomes wildly successful, uh, they're going to be coming to us for money. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad about that. I've, basically, I've, I've made the song available on our website, cricketshow.net, uh, for free download. I kind of forget that, you know, we don't own the intellectual rights to that song. And it's because it, it, it's a band called Right Turn Left. Uh, that a couple of our good mates were in. And they don't exist anymore. It's been a few years now the since mates they, do. they split yeah. up. The mates exist, 
the band doesn't. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of forget that... Well, we don't really own the intellectual property rights to anything, do we? We don't own the intellectual property rights to this show. Somehow we managed to sell those to uh, Yahoo. But, yeah, you know, I go away and you make these kind of critical business decisions that could, could result in us basically bringing us down. So I'm scared to think what might happen when I go away next. Suddenly you've replaced the World Cricket Show podcast artwork to, I don't know, the Nike logo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were really annoyed with me when you came back because I'd posted a video of you without your express consent. Yeah, I mean, this kind of, I guess it's the modern world, isn't it? That will happen. But I'll be chasing you uh, later. Lawyer will be in touch. (laughs) You've spoken to your lawyer, have you? Lawyer's fuming, absolutely fuming on my behalf. Is that why you brought your mum down this evening as well? She's going to be having a strong word with you. She's yeah. glaring at me from outside the studio. <laughs> I've got a new item for you, Tane. Champions Trophy. What do you think this might be about? Oh, there's a few clues. <laughs> uh, Are there? Oh, yeah. It's kind of one clue, isn't it? Well, that's two, I'd say. I, I, you know, I, don't want to, I don't want to go into well, detail. The, one being champions and the yeah. other being trophy. Yeah, you put the two together and you kind of get the answer, don't you? And well, the Champions Trophy is right up in our grill piece now, Tane. Uh, but has anybody noticed? The English public do seem to be greeting its arrival in the country with a resounding, am I bothered? Do you remember that? Do you remember that catchphrase? I was going to say, was that their reaction to the 2003 Champions Trophy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not really necessarily captured the public imagination as yet, but maybe it will once it gets going. It starts on Thursday, uh, which may very well be the day that this podcast comes out, to be honest, but hopefully things we're about to say won't be completely irrelevant by then. Um, it's four years since the previous edition of the tournament which was in South Africa in 2009. And this edition of the tournament is the last one ever. They're retiring the Champions Trophy after this. Um, it gets a bit of a bad press, this tournament. And you, you could say with good reason, uh, for quite a number of years, it was a complete waste of everybody's time. Nobody looked forward to it. It was tacked on to the international calendar. Very messy format. Nobody cared. But... I think things did change a little bit in 2009 because that tournament was fantastic. High quality, exciting cricket. And they changed the format there to be just the big eight teams, two groups of four. And I think that format is absolutely brilliant. It's a short and sharp tournament, isn't it? It's it's all over in two and a half weeks. Um, and you know that every game is going to be good, or at least you know beforehand you're expecting every game to be good. So in many ways, it's better than the World Cup. I mean, obviously, you can't make the World Cup like that. You, you have to include the minnows. You want the minnows to be included, but there is something to be said for this format. There's something to be said for having a tournament with no bad matches on paper. You know, having no bad matches, that's perhaps never been more true than it is at the moment. I would say that the eight teams participating in this tournament are all kind of much of a muchness, all capable of beating each other. There's no one team or two teams that are out in front, and there's no one team or two teams that are lagging behind you know maybe in previous tournaments you say well Australia are much the best team England and West Indies perhaps are a a little way behind that's not really true here Um, I do think everyone's kind of on the level yeah no like you say I mean it's kind of impossibly concise for an ICC organized tournament Uh, fantastic it's nice when you bring up the fixture list and scroll down and only gets as far as 12th match and not 70th match (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's a, I kind of feel actually, you know, I'm quite looking for, I've probably said this every time it starts and by every time, you know, it's only every few years, but. And it's the last time. And it's the last time I'll ever <laughs> say it, but uh, I'm quite looking forward to it in a perverse way. Uh, uh, you know, as a cricket fan. <laughs> I'm always a little bit uh, unsure of the, the correct use of perverse. <laughs> yeah. it kind of, I get it confused with perverted. 
So you're like, I am looking forward to it in quite a perverted way. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't want to know about that, to be honest. No, man, I've been very excited about this. Uh, but it's the kind of, the, it, you know, it's the kind of thing that was good in that you get all the teams together in one place in the same conditions and give them a couple of weeks and find out who's best. It's the kind of thing that should maybe be played every year, I'd say. There you go. Wow. Don't, don't crop it. Put it in every year, or at least every two years as it used to be. But Well, it is weird, though, isn't it? Because when it was uh, every two years, everyone hated it. And then once they said they're not going to do it anymore, now everyone, everyone loves it. it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's great. I think it is, it's certainly a, a tournament I look forward to more than the World Cup at this point. Yeah, and that's just because of the format. I mean, I, I, we've talked about this in relation to the World Cup, but you know, you can't have a World Cup that doesn't include more than just the big eight teams. You, know, you can argue about how many teams exactly or whether you can have a kind of pre-qualifying tournament, but you have to have more than just the big eight teams. That's true for the World 2020 as well, I think. But there is something great about having a tournament where you know that every match is going to be good. Um, and what's brilliant is there's a match every day, uh, you know, just one match a day. So, you know, you can actually take in and you can watch every team. And the 50 over format gets a lot of stick, doesn't it? But I think this is a really great showcase for it because when it is at its best, it, 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 it's just as exciting as any other form of cricket, isn't it? Everyone talks about 2020. Obviously, 2020 is phenomenally exciting when it's at, at its best, but... You know, 50 over cricket, you just get that bit more kind of um, ebbing and flowing and uh, not to the same extent as test cricket, but it, there's more nuances to it, aren't there? And I think that that can be, uh, for kind of real cricket fans, that can be really um, exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, the longer time goes on, the more I kind of feel like I actually don't care about the different formats now. Uh, each of the three, in their own way, has exciting periods and boring periods. Uh, in equal measure and that's just the nature of sports like you know as other sports are you know things aren't really like pulsating all the time in any sport I don't think and if there if there is a sport like that that I, I haven't seen it and we should probably do a podcast about that <laughs> but uh, I think yeah yeah. It, it, so now I kind of just you're just looking for the big matchups you're looking for good good games good level games and whichever format it's going to be it's going to be exciting and I think 50 over cricket is probably the format at the moment where the big eight teams are the most even. Um, shall we go through the teams, team by team, a team by team rundown of all the teams? This might involve quite a lot of me kind of listing players, uh, but, <laughs> but bear with me. Um, where else to start, Tone, but with England? Uh, now, we always start with England, don't we? But I do think that in this case, we were perhaps justified in doing that. The host nation, of course, and also one of the favourites for the tournament, although it would probably be fair to say that that favourites tag has slipped a little bit in the last week after two uh, very heavy defeats to New Zealand. They're playing a three-match ODI series and they've already lost it with one to play. Uh, the first game was at Lords. Uh, England could only manage 227 for nine from their 50 overs. New Zealand got there very comfortably with five wickets to spare Martin Guptill with an unbeaten 103. Uh, and then the second game at the Rose Bowl was even more comprehensive. New Zealand racked up a massive 359 for three. Guptill with another 100. 189 not out from 155 balls, uh, and England never looked like getting there. Despite Jonathan Trott's 109 not out, they were all out for 273. So, Tony, embarrassing, atrocious, a disaster. Just what was the deal with that red kit? <laughs> Quite a lot of flack that got, <laughs> didn't it? You were hating it. Well, do you want me to talk about the kit? Or yeah, you I want you to talk about the kit for about 15 minutes, if that's all right. Yeah, I can do I've got, I've got about five minutes of material on the kit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's all right, isn't it? Everyone hates it. Literally everybody hates it. I mean, it's, kind, a, of, it's well, kind of an odd thing because in a way, red is more the colour of England than blue, isn't it? I mean, in, in 
most other sports, England either play in white or red. But for some reason in cricket, it's always been blue. As a fan of new things, uh, <laughs> for, no, for no other reason than being new, I actually find it quite refreshing to see. It's not like, new, uh, though, is it, Tony? They well, did, know it was they did play in red in 2009. But, yeah, we, yeah we've, we've been used to a blue kit recently. They always played in blue, and then they changed to red in 2009, and everyone hated it. And then they immediately changed back to blue, and everyone kind of agreed never to mention it again. Was it Adidas in 2009? I've absolutely no idea. You know, I think it's a concern, though, Tony, because the last time that England lost a one-day series at home was against Australia in 2009, and that was the series that they wore a red kit for. So now they're wearing a red kit again, and they've lost again. Coincidence? Yes. But still, it's something to think about. You know, maybe it's like that that grey Manchester United kit from whenever it was, like 1996 or something. Maybe the kit is the problem. I think, I think go for it. Let's wear a red kit. What's your problem? Apart it's from just, the points you've just listed. <laughs> my, my problem is all the things I've just said. Plus, um, you're a fan of things just because they're new. I'm exactly the opposite. I, I don't like change. I fear change. So I, I want the blue bag. It's not just that it's red. It's that it's quite a garish red, I think, isn't it? It's quite hard to look at. It's too bright. But anyway, moving on from the kit, have these two New Zealand games rocked your faith in England's one-day team? You know, they, They've been on a great run over the last couple of years. Top of the ODI rankings until recently. Uh, I think that a long time ago they identified this tournament as as the one that they were really targeting to win. It seemed perfect. Well, know, when you say it, long time ago, it seems like the, you know, be a bit more ambitious than that. <laughs> the, yeah, you know what we really want is the 2013 Champions Trophy. Well, they said well, that's the big one. Pre millennium, they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's what well, I'm no, I mean, I mean, maybe it's, you know, after the 2011 World Cup, I think they they looked ahead to the next four years and thought, right, we're going to win the 2013 Champions Trophy because it's home conditions. You know, and then when the, when the ICC mandated having two new balls in one-day cricket, that seemed to play into England's hands. So it's, it seemed like a really great opportunity. And until about a week ago, I'd have, I would have said that England are probably favourites. Has it all gone wrong, or should we not read too much into two games? I think it would be slightly too much to get too antsy about it. Clearly, well, if you take the, the second ODI, the gut to Linnings was pretty stunning. That made it very difficult, obviously, immediately to uh for England to to get a foothold in the game coming in after that. Uh but there is some positives. You'd think that Dernback's been killed off now. <laughs> Which is uh, a big positive. Entirely. So that you know that's gotta benefit the, the Champions Trophy hunt in some respect. We, we've said this so many times though, surely this is the end of the road for Dernback and then lo and behold he's playing the next game. Uh, I mean he can't possibly play the next game, can he? Well I mean he that. literally can't because he's not in the Champions <laughs> Trophy squad. <laughs> right, okay. Uh he was only called in because uh, Finn and Broad were both injured. Uh, and I think that's the concerning thing. I mean, clearly they haven't become a bad one-day side overnight. Um, you know, the way they played last year to whitewash Australia, the way they played in New Zealand, you know, they're, they're capable of doing that again. I, w- I wouldn't get carried away with these two defeats, but they have, I think, these games flagged up. Just one or two concerns, and most eye-catchingly is the lack of depth in the bowling. Because, yeah, Dernback and also Chris Wakes were, were pretty woeful. If Broad and Finn are fit for the Champions Trophy, then that's a formidable attack. Anderson, Broad, Finn, Bresnan, Swan. I'd venture to say that it might even be the best in the competition, especially in these conditions. But if Broad and Finn aren't fit and it's Wokes and A.N. Other, then that's a bit of a different story because suddenly England have two bowlers there that the opposition will really target and that completely changes the, the landscape, I think. There are maybe some worries over the batting as well. Joss Butler is... is very much unproven if he's batting at six and Tim Bresnan's batting at seven you know, then if England lose early wickets then it, it could be a bit of a struggle 
I think an awful lot, therefore, depends on Owen Morgan, particularly in the absence of Peterson, because that makes him England's one and only kind of gun batsman. Well, yeah, I do feel like we kind of say that, though, go about Owen Morgan going to every series recently, but he hasn't really played particularly well. Well, that's it. I mean, that, that's why I think it, it, he's so important, because he hasn't played very well for, for a little while. And England have suffered as a result of that. If he has a good tournament, then I think England will have a good tournament. But if he struggles, your Cooks, your Bells, your Trots, they're very high-quality one-day batsmen, but they're not going to take teams apart in the way that Peterson would if he was there or the way that Morgan can. So I think his performances will be really, really important. But yeah, let's not overreact, though. I mean, the, the, in the aftermath of the defeat, Botham was calling for sweeping changes... I think he said, let's get Trot to open. The Bell experiment has failed. Um, this after Bell scored, well, like three or four hundreds <laughs> last, last summer. So uh, let's not do it both and let's not overreact. Do you still believe, Tone, in the words of uh, the Three Lions song, Badil Skinner and the Lightning Seeds, do you still believe? I would be... Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhat. You know, of course I'll be backing them, but as you say, it's it's all so evenly matched. Really, it's it's hard to pick a winner. And you, you know, England have got New Zealand in the group, Sri Lanka and Australia as well. Yeah, it's hard to say that one team's going to dominate that. So yeah, as good a chance as any. Okay. We've got a kind of one in eight chance. <laughs> so, there, so, what, so what you're going to say about every team that we go through? <laughs> as good a chance as any. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I. I, I... I no longer think that England are favourites, but I, I wouldn't count them out of the running by any means. People do seem to be kind of writing them off off the back of those two defeats. They're not a bad team. They will come back. Um, if they win this third ODI, then suddenly everyone will be feeling confident again. Um, they are going to have to play New Zealand again, as you say, because they are in the same group, Group A. How impressed were you with the way that the Kiwis played in these two games? That Martin Guptill innings was astonishing. The highest ever ODI innings by a New Zealand batsman. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an exceptional knock. Yeah, only two sixes in a score of 189. I was just going to say, that's a remarkable thing, isn't it? 19 fours, but yeah, just two sixes. Same number as McCullum, who made 40. He, he had a lot of lof- lofty fours, didn't he? But Big boundaries at the Rose Big boundaries, but it was, it was a great innings, and yeah, he deserves all the accolades for that. Yeah, they looked decent. They did they did pretty well in the Test Series, in, uh, say, for a few instances. Uh, and yeah, two wins after what happened in New Zealand as well that I think the squad as a whole is in, in pretty good shape they don't want to fold are they? I think they're kind of the reverse of England in some ways in that they have a really destructive batting lineup. you know Guptill Taylor McCullum three of the most powerful most destructive batsmen um, in the tournament but then maybe the weaknesses come elsewhere in the team perhaps the bowling attack if Tim Southey's not fit that will be a, a real problem I think but then Mitchell McLennigan uh, has come in and done extremely well in ODI cricket in recent times. You know, New Zealand are always there or thereabouts, aren't they, in, in ICC tournaments. Do you think they could even go all the way this time, though? Not just thereabouts, but there. <laughs> or is or would that also be an overreaction to a couple of good games? They did lose to England at home, remember, quite recently. They can do it. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about formats in cricket. As good a chance as any. But they have got as good a chance as any. Uh, <laughs> and if it was a long league... Uh, and they played every other team twice, then probably you'd say no. But they've only got to win five games, haven't they, or something? Yeah, five games. So yeah. that's that's entirely possible. They wouldn't even have to win five games, presumably. They could win four. I completely understand where you're coming from here in terms of, like, I don't want to commit because anyone can win, but maybe, uh, maybe get off the fence at some point, Tane. That's all I'll say. Okay, well, I'll turn it around then. What do you think New Zealand could go all the way? Well, they've got as good a chance as any. But definitely. presumably, though, you'll say of every team, yeah, they can go all the way. I think um, they can. 
maybe at the end we'll uh, we'll predict our semi finalists, shall we? Yeah, uh, that'll be fun. Okay, that, yeah, that'll be really fun. <laughs> that'll be fun. Moving on to another team in Group A, Australia, uh, who are of course the current holders of the Champions Trophy. In fact, won the the two previous editions of this tournament. Quite a lot of commentators, notably Ian Botham, uh, have identified <laughs> Australia as the weakest team in this group. And they did have a nightmare in a warm-up game today, flattened by India, um, skittled for 68 after conceding over 300. Do you think the commentators are correct to talk about them as, as the weakest team in this group? In many respects, there is a lot of weakness there. And, you know, on paper, the names don't scream as much quality uh, yeah, as the other teams. They had a pretty good, pretty good time of it, didn't they, against West Indies back in their place, yeah, which bodes well. But it kind of seems, to, in, in all terms, Australian cricket seems to have collapsed a bit in the last three to nine months. Uh, it was a tough winter, so you know, I don't know. I see it. I wouldn't put it past them. But, but yeah, I think if you were to predict one team that's not going to make it out of the group, it probably would be Australia. Yeah, I think, they've probably, I think they're probably the outsiders in this group. But for all the talk of Australia's decline in recent years, they, they do still seem to win a lot of games of cricket. Um, they hammered the West Indies at home. You know, clearly they're not the all-conquering force that they used to be, and coming into this tournament, they're not the favourites in the way that they were in 2006 or 2009. Uh, but they're not going to roll over, are they? And going into the World 2020, we said that we thought Australia were the weakest side. They'd had a, a nightmare time of it against Pakistan. Um, and then they made it to the semi-finals, and up until the semi-finals, looked like the form team. So I definitely wouldn't write them off. But whereas maybe a decade ago, or a bit less, they had 11 match winners in the team, I think at this point they're they're maybe reliant on one or two players, aren't they? They really need Shane Watson, Dave Warner to have good tournaments. Um, if they don't, then yeah, you'd say they've got no chance, really. Yeah, I think you'd say though that the nature of fifty over versus T twenty is that it's more likely, I would say, that a Warner and a Watson can have a big effect on a match in a T twenty match uh, than a fifty over match. It's going to take a lot more. Yeah, Watson and Warner getting a big score in a T20 match could win the match for them, but Warner getting a quick fire seventy here is probably not going to be enough if that's the only uh, if that's the only kind of score that those two con- contribute. And also the other thing is that uh, English conditions and two new balls opening batsmen might find life quite tough, and someone like a Dave Warner who's maybe not got the most robust technique in world cricket might find it more of a challenge to to go out and, and blitz his way to a quick fire hundred here than he he would in you know in Australia or in the subcontinent. So so yeah, so I do think Australia are probably the outsiders in group A. And the other team there are Sri Lanka, who also don't seem to be all that heavily fancied. Um, which is a little bit strange given that like New Zealand, they're always there or thereabouts in global tournaments. They've made the final of the last two World Cups and the final of two of the last three World 2020s. And they've got a new captain in Angelo Matthews. I think maybe the reason why they're they're not heavily fancied is is because there's a kind of a perception that their key players are just about over the hill. Um, Jaya Wardner, Dilshan, Sangakara. Clearly, they're older than they used to be, as everyone is. But you know, I, I think they're still more than capable of, of turning in match-winning performances, aren't they? I mean, you're not you're not going to write off Sangakara or Jaya Wardner, are you? No, I guess it's just you know, a tournament format might ask more of the older player. Yeah, it's a, it's a speculative comment there. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, to be honest. I've got no idea what that means. <laughs> We're going to play a lot of games in a short space of time. Five, at most. Five. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've played five games over about eight weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's so, true, and I'm knackered. You're knackered. Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll have a Hang chance. On, are you calling me old, Tim? I'm calling you old. You're getting on a bit, mate. 
He's starting to look a bit tired. A bit grey around the temples. Yeah, a little bit sad. <laughs> well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You know it's my birthday in a month. Yeah. But they have some other good players, don't they? You said you were talking about naming players. Malinga, Chandamal. Decent lads. Hirath. Decent cricketers. So Hirath will do a job, I think. You mentioned Malinga. I actually think that, that one uh, thing that counts against Sri Lanka is that I do think their seam attack is maybe not the best. Kulasekra is an admirable bowler, but no more than that. You used to think that Lasith Malinga kind of overrode all of that because he was maybe the best seam bowler in the world and you would expect him to run through teams. I'm not sure that he's the player that he used to be. He'll still be decent, I would have thought, but he's he's not the best seam bowler in the world anymore or anything like it. So that's a big weapon that they used to have that maybe they don't have anymore. Yeah, he got he, he has been taken apart a bit in the warm-up games, but I think he'll still have, I think he'll have a say. Um, shall we move on to Group B? Uh, Seems a natural place to progress on to. <laughs> what, after Group A? Yeah. Uh, well, let's start with South Africa. Now, on the face of it, you'd, you'd perhaps expect them to be one of the favourites. And I think they actually are the favourites with most of the bookies. And no doubt they are a strong team. Uh, they've certainly got the spine of a very strong team at any rate. As we know, their test team is the best in the world. And the test players that are in the one-day team are absolutely world-class. Um, but they've not had the best run recently in one-day cricket. Defeat at home uh, in a series against New Zealand. Beaten very easily in the warm-up game yesterday against Pakistan. There's no Graham Smith. There's no Jacques Callis. There are injury doubts surrounding Dale Stain and A.B. de Villiers. So there are a few problems there. I think Stain is vital, isn't he? You know, if, if he's fit, then the South African pace attack is pretty formidable. Stain, Morkel, Sotsorbi, Rory Kleinfeld as well. But Stain's probably responsible for at least half of the threat there, isn't he? If, if you take Stain out of that, it seems much less intimidating. The opposition will feel a lot more relaxed. Maybe their batting lineup isn't the strongest either. Amler and De Villiers are, are, are two of the best batsmen in the world, but there's there's a lot of players around them in that batting order who might be a little bit hit and miss. Your David Millers, your Fahan Bahadians. There are question marks over both the batting and the bowling. You'd think that South Africa are going to be decent. Their, their fielding will be good. Their work rate will be high. But I, I don't know whether they've got the the squad that they've had for other tournaments in recent years and they couldn't go all the way in those either I think they're they're the bookies favourites still despite what you've just said despite the nonsense you've just spouted Uh, but yeah no no, I think think they'll I think they'll escape the group well it's odd though isn't it because I think in uh, you know in in previous tournaments in recent years you've looked at South Africa and thought they are probably the best team on paper 
and they've not necessarily been favourites. But now I, I don't think they are the best team on paper and they're favourites with the bookies. You know, it is an open, it's a very open tournament, as we've said multiple yes. times as already. Keep on saying keep that and it. nothing it's else. A bloody open tournament, Mayford. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be exciting, isn't it? It's going to be fun to see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go. That's going to be one of the. Yeah, just pass me a note, so I'll just I'll go through. Um, right, I'll sit back down. That's, I mean, that's real part of the excitement, isn't it, to see who he wins in the end. It's one of the things we're looking forward to most. <laughs> right, let's move on to India, uh, who are maybe not being talked up all that much. Obviously, not conditions that you'd necessarily expect them to excel in. Uh, they really struggled in England two years ago in all formats. But they are the reigning world champions, as we know. They obliterated Australia today. Their batting looks to be strong, although it is missing uh, quite a lot of the sort of superstar names that we've grown so accustomed to over the years. No Savag, no Tendulkar, no Yuvraj, no Gambier. But there's still Virat Kohli, who's you know maybe the superstar in limited overs cricket at the moment. There's MS Dhoni. And crucially, I think... From India's perspective, they've got a much better pace attack in this squad than they had the last time they were in England. Umesh Yadav, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, both going to be really quite difficult to face with new ball in hand. So that, I think, is a real asset for them. Maybe a little bit odd to talk about India as dark horses, Tone, but is that how we could see them here? They'll be all right, I think. They'll be okay. Because they've got that Shikhar Dewan, haven't they? Who uh, smashed that massive 100 against Australia on test debut explosive player so he could be quite exciting to watch at the top of the order um, but yeah I think I, 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 I would agree with me dark horses um, and talk about dark horses that's always the tag that's given to Pakistan isn't it mercurial is the word that's bandied around a lot like India are perhaps missing a superstar or two compared to uh, other tournaments in recent years no Shahid Afridi no Yunus Khan they do have Saeed Ajmal um, who's always going to be a, a big threat on any pitch um, they've got Mohammed Hafiz. And I think they've got some superstars in the making in Janaid Khan and Nazir Jamshed. Uh, they beat South Africa pretty comprehensively in their warm-up game. But I don't know about you, Tone. I'm not sure that I fancy Pakistan quite as much as I have at previous events. I think maybe their batting just lacks a, a little bit of firepower. I know you're a big fan of Pakistan. Perhaps you disagree. Are you, are you yeah, I think, I, think, I think they'll be closer than most. Uh, <laughs> they'll be in the top... Top quartile, I think, of teams. Be in the top six. Uh, no, I think I think they'll be uh, closer than you suspect. Are you going to miss a Freedy? Uh, I think we all will, won't we? A Freedy will be gutted. There's no Freedy. I was comparing myself to Freedy to someone the other day. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> what, yeah. in terms of your physique or...? Yeah, like a physique, kind of just batting form. <laughs> I mean, I said that the only place we really differed was bowling. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I think, I think they'll be near. I think they'll be near. That's going to be... Probably the more exciting group. Well, it was a be. massive game between Pakistan and India. What day is yeah, that? Yeah, uh, that is on the 15th of June. What's that, Saturday? I'll tell you what, Edge Baston's going to be rocking. No, that's good. It's good. I mean, that, that is, yeah, arguably one of the, the must-see matches of the, of the, <laughs> of the, of the, of the 12 <laughs> matches. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, love having, I love pundits that really commit to their views. Uh, it's, it's no, that, I mean, like, that's going to be a fantastic match. We've nearly got through this, Tone. We've, oh we've only got one more team to go. Who's that? And that's the West Indies, who, of course, won the World 2020 last year in some style. A different format, but, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Um, right now, if someone says West Indies, you immediately think Chris Gale, don't you? How much of a factor will he be? 
Well, you think he would be, but his his form in ODIs isn't sparkling. Uh, it doesn't seem to have done it for ages. He scored a big uh, a big century uh, against New Zealand last summer, but no scores in Australia at all. I mean, his his, his form looks looks quite a lot like mine in many ways. Uh, you know, single figure scores with punctuated by the occasional double figure score in the uh, in the last year. So yeah, you, you want to see him for the good of the tournament. He is the player that people want to watch bat. So I do hope he comes off once or twice. He's probably the biggest star in cricket globally. Um, yeah, and I think you know when he is when he was scoring that ridiculous hundred uh, in the IPL. You know, you saw people on social media uh, that you didn't even know were into cricket, kind of chatting about Gale and going, "Oh, you must find a TV." Yeah, he transcends. Texts the... me. My mum texts me. She's like, "You've got to find a TV." <laughs> Gail's doing something amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He transcends the sport, doesn't he? He reaches out to people outside of the cricket's fan base. Yeah, in a way that Jonathan Trott kind of doesn't. <laughs> well, he doesn't do it to quite the same extent as Trott. You're right, though. His his form in ODI cricket isn't great, but he's too good a player for that to for it to remain that way forever. And if he does come off, you'd expect West Indies to win the game, wouldn't you? I think where things are a bit different now uh, is that in the past, you'd think that Gale has to come off if West Indies are going to win. That's not necessarily true anymore. There are other world-class players around him in that team who can win games even if Gale scores a duck. Marlon Samuels, Dwayne Bravo, Kyron Pollard, Ramnaresh Sarwan is back. Even Johnson Charles, who might have... Even Johnson Charles. Who might have the coolest name in sport, when you say it. And it's a weird one because if you swap them around, if his name was Charles Johnson... Just be really dull, really wouldn't it? Boring name. But Johnson Charles is unbelievable. <laughs> I do agree with you, it's cool. I don't really understand why that is, but it's true. You know, maybe West Indies bowling attack isn't the best. Sunil Narayan is the number one bowler in the world, so he's pretty good. But beyond that, I don't know, Ram- Ravi Rampal is, is very good, but Kimar Roach can be expensive in this format, so too, Tino Best. You may be worried that their bowler's limitations might be exposed more damagingly in this format than they would be in, in 2020. But if Gale, Narayan and Samuels have good tournaments, then, then West Indies will go far. I think that they're definitely one of the favourites for me. Certainly you know, the most exciting side, I would suggest, in the tournament. Yeah, they, they won fairly convincingly over Sri Lanka uh, in the warm-up match. So, you know, they've, they've, they've got a little bit of form coming into this. They've got form in their legs. So is everyone still awake? Yeah. Just about. <laughs> Getting there. Um, after all that, Tone, what do you reckon? Who look to be the strongest size? Perhaps this would be the time to ask you to predict your semi-final lineup. I'm going to put England in there just as a partisan confidence shot there. Uh, I'm sticking in there. I'm going to stick Pakistan. I think I pretty much just picked the same four sides every knockout tournament we're going to <laughs> to get in. This is the ones I want to get in. Uh, no, Pakistan, I think we'll get through. To pick the other two, uh, let's just see. Do you want me to run through everything I've just said again? <laughs> Could you just summarise it in maybe half an hour? Just <laughs> uh, I'm going to go England, Sri Lanka out of Group A. I'm going to go Pakistan, South Africa out of B. Interesting. Very interesting. Do you want to know my lineup? Yeah. I'm also going for England, and I've got New Zealand coming out of Group A with them. It's like the last two teams you the watched. The last then. two teams <laughs> that I've watched play cricket. I've got to I love it. English pundits form. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, do you want me to justify it? I mean, genuinely, <laughs> no, they are, I, think, I think that they're stronger than Sri Lanka and Australia in these conditions. Group B, uh, I've got the opposite of you. Wow. India and West Indies. So we're, we've only got one team the same out of that. And the only team we've not picked is Australia. <laughs> 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 
Oh, well. Our Australian what listeners must do? hate us. Yeah. I'm not quite sure where they listen. What can you do? Uh, but it, it really is up for grabs, though. I mean, like I say they're not one of the strongest. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if Australia won this competition. They're, they're, there's not that much to choose between any of these sides. It is you're saying it's quite an open tournament? I'm saying it's quite open. Say? I'm saying anyone can win Why didn't you say it. that before? <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's actually really difficult to uh, to pick a semi-final lineup. We might end up looking foolish, Tone. But then as 185 episodes of this podcast have proved, we're not afraid to do that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what we can say, though, for definite is it's going to be intriguing. The first match is going to be... Every game is going to be, it's going to be exciting because it's so open. I think. Yeah. Uh, don't mention that. Uh, Good point, Good analysis. But yeah, you know we've done well. Like you say, one way to look at it is the only team we haven't said is Australia, but we've covered seven of the eight teams, <laughs> so we should hopefully have a chance between us of getting something right. If somehow we're <laughs> we're wrong about all of them, I don't know how that would happen. But uh, one more thing before we move on uh, is that I have set up Tony a Champions Trophy fantasy yes. league. Now we've done this uh, before, haven't we, for the World Cup and for the World Twenty Twenty. Uh, we set up fantasy mini leagues on the Crick Info game, and listeners get involved, and everyone loves it. But there is an official ICC Champions Trophy fantasy league. Uh, if you go to cricketicc.fantasyleague.com, you can set up your team on there. Then you can enter the World Cricket Show Private League. It's called World Cricket Show, and the pin is two eight zero seven five. Write that down. Well, you've talked over it now. <laughs> the pin. What was it? The pin, Tane. Is two Just say it again. Is two eight zero seven, yeah five. Two eight zero seven five. Two eight zero seven five. So that's. I won you... the last. I won the last one, didn't I? No, <laughs> no not even close. Um, no, I, I, no, come on, I was close. I was like twelfth or something. Yeah, yeah, you were. You were I was in, quite happy with that. I was. I was 20. leading for quite a long way. Well, at the moment, there's one team in the league, and it's Adam Bayfield's World Cricket Show Warriors. Original name. Are you going to be putting it on the Facebook page? Yeah, well, I, I would imagine that a lot, a lot of listeners will already know this, because I'll put it on the Facebook page when I get home tonight. Put it on tonight. I'm going to be doing my team probably tonight or at work tomorrow. Uh, don't tell the boss. <laughs> no, I won't do it at work. I'll do it. Obviously, I'll pay more attention to it than that. But it should be a lot of fun. And the good thing is, I'm not away, so I don't, you know, I'll be able to change the players. Unlike last time, where I missed... Miss loads. But you're away, so... Yeah, I'm away this weekend. Right. You've so, you yeah. got data? No, I don't have data. Oh, no. It's a nightmare, but cool. I, I'm, I'm going to uh, my sister's house, and she has Wi-Fi. Oh, that's, that's good. So hopefully it'll be all right. Is there going to be a prize? Yes, there is going to be a prize. In fact, thank you for reminding me, because I should have said this earlier. Not only is the game a lot of fun, but there's also a prize. Uh, if you win the World Cricket Show Mini League, uh, you will be able to claim... A World Cricket Show mug. Imagine the thrill, Tone. <laughs> I don't even drink hot drinks. Literally, I, I've got... I a... hate drinking cold drinks out of a mug, so it'd be useless to me. <laughs> I've literally got a World Cricket Show mug here. What have you put in it? Green tea? Well, it's green tea. It's now very cold. Te ver, I guess. Oh, he's learned a bit that. of French, it's hasn't he? He's that up off the streets of Paris. <laughs> so the eyes of the world are on England for the Champions Trophy, Tone, but they're also on Guernsey. Uh, Guernsey, of course, where... We live and record this show, as listeners know. Uh, the Guernsey Premier League, the GPL, is taking place. It's, you know, the Guernsey equivalent of the IPL or the BPL or the SLPL or the WIPL. It's obviously not on anything like the scale of those. Uh, but there have been uh, a couple of kind of county pros, a couple of county journeymen have been playing in Guernsey. Some big names. Last couple of weekends. Who have we had? Darren Maddy, Anthony McGrath. 
Demi Mascarenas. And Demi Mascarenas, yeah. Mascarenas, that's a really big name. To, yeah, that's a big Big coup. name capture. Because yeah. he's actually like a really good player who's still playing in 2020 leagues around the world. But apparently he was rubbish in these games, according to the headline that I read on the back page of the local paper. But yeah, so what is it, the final this weekend? The finals day, yeah. Are yeah. we going to go? Well, I'm away this weekend. Are you going to go? Well, I've got a pro engagement, so... So no, no is the answer to that. that. Neither yeah, of us simply. are going to goo high-quality cricket on just outside our doorstep. And, <laughs> uh, one time in a year. Uh, but, I mean, for us, obviously, here, we've got the, the pleasure of turning out weekly or once, so far this season, in my case, <laughs> for a great cricket side, so... Why would I go? Well, that's what I was going to say, Tony, because you know, the, the eyes of the world are on Guernsey for the GPL, but they're also on Guernsey for another reason. And it, you know, it's very much the epicentre of the cricketing world at the moment. Everybody's talking about Guernsey Evening League Division 2. Listeners no doubt remember that uh, myself and Tony have been turning out uh, last season and this for a team in the Guernsey Evening League called Kobo Legends. We had a great season last year. Well, got- I, can't, I can't work out whether we're called Kobo Legends or Kobo Tigers B. The Legends thing seems to disappear. Yeah, that's I what I signed up for. Like, <laughs> you know, Tigers is great, but I felt Legend was more becoming, I think, of my standing within the game locally. So It does seem like, yeah, we're now just referred to as Kobo Tigers B. That was not what it was referred to when they approached me. It was very much, do you want to join Kobo Legends? I was like, well, when you put it like that. But yeah, we had a great season last year, but this season hasn't gone very well so far. Um, another defeat last week, Tone. Again, you were away. We're actually yet to win a game this season. And my bowling, I think it would be fair to say, did take a little bit of tap. Uh, Once again, my first two deliveries were both smashed for four. Again, both landed halfway down the wicket. And then the second one, you know, because I'd just been smashed for four and I was kind of running in, basically terrified that the same thing was going to happen again. And I got it completely wrong and bowled a half tracker at probably about 45 miles an hour. The batsman, who was already on 65 off about 25 balls, had so much time, he could pretty much like fill out his tax return before swivelling and dispatching it to the boundary. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit of a disheartening start. But I did come back, I got a wicket. Oh, but people will be pleased to hear that, I think. <laughs> They'll be relieved. They'll be relieved, they'll be worrying. Well, somehow, Tone, I'm actually the leading wicket-taker for Kobo Legends this season. That is remarkable. It is remarkable because I've only taken four wickets. <laughs> but I think that says more about our form as a team. Well, the thing is, you know, a lot, you know, you made a lot of the fact that I didn't score any runs for quite a while. But, you know, when you point to the kind of performances that we were turning out with me and the team, uh, and now these ones where I'm absent, you think there's an obvious difference there. Well, we've lost every game, even the ones that you played in. Well, only played one. <laughs> and we lost well, that. Well, I should lose it, but that was, yeah, I wasn't really, I was just getting into it at that point. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty confident that I can turn it around. There's actually an incredibly detailed website, uh, the Guernsey Cricket Board website, uh, where you can sort of look at all the stats for the Evening League. And uh, every player has his own profile page. Uh, and you can see, like, number of wickets, number of runs, win percentage which for me is down at zero at the moment, uh, but hopefully that will go up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll post the links so that uh, listeners can have a look. I'll post on Facebook listeners or something. Let's them. Yeah, it's using the, the Crick HQ kind of scorecard system. So yeah, it's all light. It's brilliant. We did lose last week, but we actually got quite a bit closer to a victory than we have in any of the other games this season. One of our batsmen got 100, Tone, if you can believe that. It's a 20-over game. An astonishing innings. I dread to think what would have happened if he hadn't played because we only scored about 135 runs in total and he got, I think, 110. Um, 
and we ended up about 10 or 15 runs short. Uh, but this guy that got the 100, you know him, because we, we used to play cricket with him a lot when we were quite a bit younger. But I haven't seen him for around 10 years. And then when he turned up to play for us for the first time, I was like, oh, all right, Chris, how's it going? Long time no see. We were sort of chatting and I was like, uh, oh, so what are you up to these days? He's like, yeah, well, you know, I've uh, been working in the same job for five years now. And uh, plus I got two kids, which keeps me busy. So you know how it is. I was like, yeah. He was like, <laughs> he was like, what are you up to? I was like, well, you know, just mucking around, spend a lot of time on the internet. Record a podcast. You may have heard the podcast that I do with my idiot friend. Puts things into perspective, doesn't it? When you're sat here on a Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, dear. Adam, I've just brought my page up, my Crick Info page. Uh, and the stats are pretty great reading. Played one, lost one, no runs, <laughs> top scored naught, matches were naught, haven't bowled. <laughs> uh, need to address that, I think, fairly swiftly. Much like literally every story in the news at the moment, this episode of The World Cricket Show has been thoroughly depressing from start to finish, which is why I haven't thought of anything better for this bit. It's probably about time, therefore, that we brought it to an end. Have you had fun tonight, Tone? Yeah. I have, actually. It's been nice. Good to be back. I had a couple of side notes to do, but we ran a bit long with that Champions Trophy preview, and uh, frankly, it's getting late. <laughs> I'd quite like to go home. And I know that you would, because you told me that when you picked me up to come here, that you couldn't wait to get home. We went to a stand-up comedy show last night, too, oh, didn't we? Didn't we? It was an open mic night. Uh, we went to see a friend of ours do some stand-up. I think what's important to mention is that you know, Guernsey's not particularly uh, famed for its vibrant comedy scene yeah. so there's basically, this is basically there's a, a comedy festival once a year uh, they get a load of stand-ups uh, from the UK uh, yeah and then they, they run a uh, kind of try it yourself because I don't think there's anywhere really you could do stand-up I don't think anyone does stand-up in Guernsey no, it's just I mean the funny I mean that, it was an interesting experience well our friend was very much the best act on the bill he, he, he was funny the other acts were, were not quite so hot I would say well we crept in late yeah uh, and I didn't really expect it to be laid out how it was I don't know why uh, even though I'd been before I thought it would be more like a kind of pub atmosphere with a bit but it was that dead silent there was no laughter <laughs> yeah. when we walked in uh, and my immediate thought was the fear of because uh, you know if you walk in late you think you know, a seasoned comedian is going to grill you yeah because uh, it's very obvious that we were just walked in but then I immediately realized there was no danger of that because uh, they were just kind of amateur yeah like, <laughs> they, they had they no were, idea what the power say. kind of balance was definitely in the audience, the audience yeah. yeah well there was there was a, a 16 year old that that got up to do some stand-up everyone sort of said like oh fair play to the guy really brave thing to do at the age of 16 which is true uh, but he had no jokes I mean, I mean, I don't just mean they weren't funny. I mean, he had no jokes. <laughs> well, he didn't no. tell any jokes. He just got up and chatted for 10 minutes. It was like, yeah, so I'm in sick form. Uh, just go, go for my lunch at Waitrose. It's <laughs> no, like, I learned so- to drive this year. Uh, my mum doesn't really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. uh, she finds it a bit scary. But yeah, hoping to pass in the next few months, get a car. It was really weird. Yeah, people say like, oh, what a brave thing to do. Yeah, but like to do it without any jokes sort of goes from kind of bravery to something else doesn't it i mean i suppose we're in slightly dodgy territory to uh start having a go at people for thinking they're funny when they're not but uh yeah but it was it was one of the more yeah. excruciating things I've I, ever well, witnessed. I mean yeah obviously. i turned to you after about a minute and a half and said i have to leave i have to leave but i didn't i somehow stuck through it 
I, I find well the thing is I think stand up is just yeah I personally find it to be not uh, the most entertaining art form if you like uh, it's pretty excruciating even for the best comedians I find partly because as well I just the mind boggles or my mind boggles at what other people find funny and <laughs> yeah. how they react well that's true isn't it because like if you go and watch a, a comedy movie in the cinema like I went to see The Hangover at the cinema now if I'd watched The Hangover at home you know, with just a few friends, I'd have probably really enjoyed it because it was in the cinema and you can see just just how people can't believe how funny some of these things are. They're just, like, gasping for breath and it's, it's really, like, off-putting. It made me not really enjoy that film that much. <laughs> Maybe we're just cyn- cynical. Very cynical. I-, I think I learned something there about comedy, uh, which is that it's pretty much just shooting fish in a barrel. Chuck a few swear words in, Tone. People love it. Yeah. Uh, the biggest laugh that that kid got was when he was he said something about how he ate his lunch at Waitrose and was like, what the f*** is that about? And everyone everyone was in hysterics. So I think I've learned that. I'm going to bring that into the World Cricket Show, I think, and you know, maybe next week just, hello and welcome to the World F***ing Cricket Show. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really do a fake laugh. Anyway, that's about it for the World F'ing Cricket Show this week. Uh, we'll be back in a week's time to talk about the Champions Trophy some more. We'll talk about the, the opening few matches. Uh, but between now and then, if you want to get more involved in the show, then you can... You can send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. Email us with comments about the show, suggestions, or just videos of banjo cover versions of Get Lucky, as someone did this week. We enjoy those. Or I do. Tony doesn't so much. Get your fantasy Champions Trophy teams in. That's going to be exciting. And it's, you know, it's not the laborious uh, like second job that kind of fancy IPL or fancy World Cup or fancy <laughs> T20 World Well, fancy T20 World Cup, not so much, but... You know, you you won't have to take a day's holiday to do this. It's only a couple uh, of weeks, isn't it? And it's tournament? fun, you know, it's going to be really fun. Cricketicc.fantasyleague.com is where you need to go and enter your team. The pin is, uh, I've forgotten it, 28075. So, yeah, get involved. If you desperately want to like us on Facebook, you can do that at facebook.com slash cricketshow. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Cricket Show. Follow Tony at Tony Caver. Uh, do you think you might tweet about the fantasy league a bit? I'm going to try. I'm really going to try this time. <laughs> it's ten days since my last tweet. Write a review for us on iTunes. I- I'd say that there's nothing more important than that. Uh, if you haven't done it already, and if you've got some time this week, we are really grateful for those. If if you like what we're doing here, then uh, maybe take some time out uh, and write us a review because it does really help. Kind of. Uh, boost us in the rankings, attract new listeners and all that kind of stuff, which is what we're all about really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> That's the only thing we're about. <laughs> Growth. And the other thing is if you go to our online website, www.cricketshow.net as we mentioned at the top of the show, you can download the World Cricket Show theme song for free uh, and you can also purchase your World Cricket Show t-shirt which is just £15 and that includes free shipping to anywhere in the world. But that's it for this week. Stay in school, kids. Good luck with your exams, if you've got exams coming up. Don't let anyone tell you that these exams aren't important, because uh, me and Tony both did pretty well in our GCSEs. <laughs> and look at us now. Yeah, we're just, just running the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, GCSEs. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I'm, you know, at least I'm running this show. What are you doing? Well, I'm just running other shows. Oh, what, your other podcasts? I just, I just come here to annoy you. Yeah, <laughs> my other real podcast. The Tony Kerr Hour. Yeah. Uh, I'm just here to kind of keep you from getting any further in life. Let me just hold you back. <laughs> well, you're certainly <laughs> doing pretty well at that. 
Come on then, let's go. I'm tired. Let's go home. See you next week, everybody. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.